0: Welcome to the Legacy Teachings of Bill Anzovino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Did you find 1 Corinthians chapter 14 yet? I'm sure you will shortly. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Aren't you glad that we are spirit beings? Not souls, not bodies, but spirit beings. And we can, through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the flesh. Amen? I said we can, through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the flesh. We can put them to death. Hallelujah. We, through the Spirit, can put the deeds of the flesh to death, mortify them, destroy them, annihilate them, and walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. 14th chapter First 1 Corinthians. In case you forgot, I didn't. We was talking about the human spirit, the recreated human spirit. And we were talking about how we can develop and educate and train up our recreated human spirit. Weren't we? And I only gave you one way. Method number one. Point number one. So I didn't forget. I'm picking up where I left off. The train's picking back up again. Amen? We got the engineer going. Everybody's all set in line. Praise God, we're ready to go. What was the first way we we said? Praying in the Spirit. Now, if you were teaching this in a denominational church that didn't believe in being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues, they'd just scratch that right off. Number one, forget it. This guy don't know what he's talking about. But bless God, we're not in a denominational church. We're in a Spirit-filled Holy Ghost church. Hallelujah. And we believe in speaking with other tongues and praying in the Spirit. Amen? amen? And we're not ashamed of that which we believe our way. Glory be to God. He filled us with His Spirit. We are filled to overflowing. We can pray in the Spirit and develop our, our recreated human spirit. Glory be to God. Well, it seems as though to me that in Pentecostal circles, we think that praying with other tongues is just for when you come to church. I didn't hear any amen on that. It that seems, seems like that's what they think. Just get all together like these Corinthian bunch. You know, come on in and just if everybody got a song and a hymn and a, and a other tongue, then they're really high and spiritual. But we said that praying in the Holy Ghost is more for self-edification, exhortation. Amen? Building ourselves up on our most holy faith. And actually, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying with other tongues, puts our spirit in active communion in contact with the Holy Spirit. Think about that. When I start talking to you, I'm in active conversation with you, aren't I? Well, in the, in the Amplified Bible of 1 Corinthians 14, 14, it says that when I pray in the Spirit, my Spirit by the Holy Spirit prayeth within me. So if my Spirit is praying by the Holy Spirit, then my Spirit is in vital, active contact and communion with the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is my teacher and He is my guide, Hallelujah. That's how He's going to teach me. The anointing that you have abides within you, and you have no need that any man teach you, because the anointing that's within you will teach you. So praying in the Holy Ghost, look at over there, verse 3. He that speaketh, prophesies, speaketh unto men edification, exhortation, and comfort, but he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth who? Hallelujah. Edifies, builds up, instructs, or teaches himself. I like that. That's what that word edifies means. Edify. Instruct, build up, teach yourself. I remember one time I wanted to visit a friend of mine. I was led there supernaturally by the Holy Ghost through a, a dream. Now, you don't have, I don't have dreams ever, all the time, but this particular time I did have a dream, and, and we followed it right on through. The Bible says, try the Spirit to see whether or not they're of God. And we were led, and I was led to go up there to to this fellow's house, and he was from a denominational background. I didn't know it at the time. And uh, I followed the leading of the Holy Spirit and went up to his place up in, it was up in Warren, Ohio, where he was living at the time. And when I got up there, see, I talked to him on the phone previously, and I was just a newborn Christian. I was like about one year old in the Lord. And this fellow was um, about five or six years old in the Lord. And he was, like I said, from, from a denominational background that didn't believe in being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. And he thought, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to teach my friend a few things. Me. You know, I was led by the Spirit to go up there for a particular reason. They had some needs, and, and I knew that the Spirit of God was leading us to go minister unto them because of their needs. Well, as I went up there and I began to unfold the Word of God to him, he just sat there and looked at me for the longest time you know when the anointing comes on you and you're witnessing to somebody the things of God and the power of God comes on you and the unction from within just begins to rise up from within you and you just begin to share Scripture after Scripture, you know, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept, and I mean the utterance of the Holy Ghost just coming forth out of you? Well, I began to minister just like that and the Holy Ghost fell on me. He began to, you know, minister what He needed. But He just stood there and looked at me. And after I had gotten done, you know, and, well, I said the Holy Ghost got done because just like stopped just like that. And he said, "Where'd you learn all that?" I said, "What do you mean?" He says, "I was ready just to, just just to start teaching you something." Says, "I'm five years old, Lord. You're only one." He says, "I never heard those things you just said. How'd you learn all that so fast? How'd you know all them scriptures? Where'd they come from?" I started to share with them the Holy Ghost. They don't believe in that. Holy Ghost, being filled with and speaking with other tongues, will teach you. In the Spirit, and through the Spirit, you'll learn things that people that are trying to educate their heads will not know. Even though they're born again. Do you see that? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that the Spirit searches all the deep things of God and unveils them unto our spirit. And by praying in the Spirit, I got an active communion and contact with the Holy Spirit. And he taught me some things about the Father. This fellow didn't know because he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, spiritual things are discerned spiritually, not mentally. Hallelujah. And so I began to see right there that I was getting further ahead just by being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. And he was five years old. And I'll be honest with you, this is a sad thing. Before I left his place, he was, he was very sorrowful, sad in his heart. Because he said, just like this, he said, you know what? I, I, I've even lost my witness for the Lord. You seem to be so, you know, vibrant and vigorous and strong and zealous for God. But I've, I've lost my witness for God. He says, I feel like a hypocrite. I tell people about Jesus, but I can't even get the things that I, I tell them that God wants to give them can't even be a strong witness. I feel like as though I'm a hypocrite. You know, when I tell them about these things that God has to offer. And I try to share with this fellow from my heart that you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. So that the Holy Ghost can teach you all these things. He'll teach you how to get what you need from God. He'll teach you how to receive that which has been rightfully provided for you through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll teach you how to receive the healing you need for your body. He needed it. He'll teach you to learn, uh, to, to, to receive deliverance that you need in your mind. Because you were on drugs and your mind was, was uh, destroyed, some brain cells by the devil. But the Holy Ghost will teach you how to get them brain cells restored and in vital use again. I tried to tell him that. Hallelujah. But you see, he wouldn't receive it. But I did my part showed me something right there. I said, praise God, there's an advantage to the Holy Ghost. There's an advantage to praying with other tongues. Hallelujah. I haven't shut up yet. I've been praying in tongues ever since. How about you? Oh, glory be to God for the tongues. But notice this. It's for edifying himself primarily. Now, I was ready to just come forth and give a message in other tongues because I felt the unction deep from within me. and I might do that before the night is over. But you see, we want these things, these manifestations of the Holy Spirit in our midst, in in assemblies such as this, to be genuinely of the Spirit, not apart from the Spirit. Out of the Spirit that's in contact in vital communion with the Holy Spirit. Let them rise up from within us. Not just for the sake of having a message in tongues when we get together. Amen? We don't want that. But you see, this here, speaking with other tongues is for self-edification, self-instruction, self-teaching, self-building up. What does it do? It builds us up on our most holy faith. Over there in verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. And one translation, I believe it's Moffat's translation, says, he speaks divine secrets unto God. Hallelujah. That would just make you just want to stand up and shout, jump, turn around and sit back down for a minute, wouldn't it? Speaks divine secrets unto God. Did you write a note in the service yet? Did you write somebody a note on a piece of paper and one of your little secrets, see? Hand it over to somebody? We used to do that when we was in school. Did you do that when you was in school? You know, write on a piece of paper a little note to the person in front of you and said, we're going to meet outside for a piece of pizza at lunch. Don't go and get hungry on me thinking about your bellies now. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah, we, we, see, we speak divine secrets under God. Someone said to me, Well, I remember exactly when it was, too. I was in the delivery room with my wife. And uh, Jason was just born. What a glorious event. And, you know, they gave it to Mama first, which is what they always do. Laid it upon her, him, and, and, and uh, she began to kiss him and love him, you know. And then she, the nurse... Brought him over to me. Put him in my arms. I took him in my arms. I don't know about anybody else, but I just began to say, You dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. You abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. And when I got done with the 91st Psalm, I just began to rattle off in other tongues. I must have got a little bit louder because one of the nurses turned up and said, What did you say? So I wasn't speaking unto you. speaking divine secrets unto God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you say amen to that? I wasn't speaking unto you. Who's he speaking to? I'm speaking unto God. How do you know? I got faith. Don't you have faith? You got some faith? I got faith to believe I was speaking divine secrets unto God about my son Jason. Glory be to God. No, my understanding, I didn't understand it with my thinking. No man understood me. That. It proved it right there. She didn't understand a word I was saying. Probably the doctor didn't either. Probably Jason didn't either. I didn't myself, but bless God, I was speaking some things unto God concerning Jason. The Bible says to worship him in spirit and in truth. I worshipped him in truth over him when I spoke the 91st Psalm over him. And then I worshipped him in spirit over him when I spoke in other tongues over him. And I believe that those words are affecting him even unto this day. I believe that. You agree with me? I believe that I had a conversation with the Lord, hallelujah, concerning my boy. Just back there, I know Mark and I was in the office, but I know how he, what happened to him, but I know what happened to me. When we was back there well, just before he came in, I was just on my knees and just doing some of that divine secrets unto God. And all of a sudden, an unction came and rose up from within my spirit. And God began to reveal some things, exciting things, about those that are entering to this wave and outpouring of the Holy Ghost that's going on in the earth right now. We don't have to if we don't want to, but if we desire to enter into it, we can and if we enter into it, bless God, he'll just pull us in like a magnet, right into that wave of glory. And the power of God will flow, and the teachings that you've learned in times past, you're going to begin to see some of the things that were only you were mentally sending to. They'll come to pass right before your very eyes. Right before your eyes. We're, we're growing in gone. I know that. I believe that. I've got faith to believe that. But right now, at this day and hour, he is taking that which has been spoken by the ministers of faith and causing those words that were spoken, they're not coming back void, but they're coming back and fulfilling that which He has spoken unto us. And the thousand that didn't believe, they're fallen by the wayside. And the ten thousand that didn't want to enter in, they're fallen by the wayside. But those that remain diligent and faithful, they're entering in, bless God. And the glory of God is being outpoured upon us and them and all over the earth. And we're just going to have a revival and a ball in Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. So hang in there, bless God. We're going to see the supernatural mixed in with the teachings of faith. And we're going to see God moving in demonstrations of the Spirit and of power. And we're going to see signs and wonders in this latter day, like they saw on the day of Pentecost. And even f- supersede that. Hallelujah. Because Jesus said that the things, that works that I did shall you do also in greater works. Are you going to do Because I've gone to the Father. I've made the way available for you to do greater things. And I don't believe we should want to leave this earth until we've done, you know, until we've done those greater things. How about you? That's my desire. Dwell upon that. Think about that. But that's what the Spirit of God was unveiling into my heart when I was back there praying. And then, you anointing know, just rose up big from within me. God will teach you by His Spirit. Amen. Some things that your mind, your mind stops and says, I don't understand all that. One's it's going to happen? How's it going to work? I don't know about all that. But bless God, deep from within my bosom, deep from within my spirit, I sense some things. You know what it means to sense some things? You just sense it. You just sense that it's going to happen. Amen? You just sense deep from within. See, that's that's educating and developing and and training up the human spirit. You just sense some these things are going to happen. Hallelujah. And we're going to see some people that are, you know, they're, they're wanting to get in. They've had a hard time with faith. Walking in faith and love. They've had a hard time in their home life. But bless God, the glory! God's going to hit them. just knock them right in their spirit, shake their heads back and forth, and all the cobwebs will just be removed. I mean, you know what I mean by cobwebs? I mean all that garbage that the devil put in there to filter out the word of God, to stop it. He's going to, the power of God's going to come into your thinking faculties. you going to pop open some brain cells, and the light's going to come on like that, and you're going to say, "Now I got it! I know how to walk by faith." And you're going to say, "Mountain, be thy removing," and go. Hallelujah. You're going to say, Treat me thy withered away. I curse you. It'll die. It'll, it'll leave. You're going to say, Household, bless God. Shape up in Jesus' mighty name and power of God. Be, un, be loosed right now and be revealed unto my family. And they're going to hit their knees on the floor and say, Bless God. Save me a sinner. Amen. Go be to God. Husbands and wives and children also. Amen. God's moving by His Spirit now and He's going to do it. He said He'll not wait for us forever. Did He say that? He said the Spirit may fail, but I'm not going to fail, bless God. I don't want my spirit to fail because of fear. To you? I don't want my heart to fail because of fear. I want my heart to be developed in faith and love and the forces of the recreated human spirit so that I can be in the thick of things. As You know what? This may be a revival. This may be the wave of glory that ushers in the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? The cloud of glory that ushers in the soon-coming return of our Lord. You say, what do you think about that? I I think about that quite often. And I really believe that. I believe. You say, well, it it might be in our lifetime. It could be soon. Who knows? But I'll tell you what, that's how it's going to be. I said, that's how it's going to be. And whether or not, you, you hear me, whether or not it's this generation, when Jesus comes in the clouds of glory, we could exit our lifespan in this generation in that same cloud, bless God, by being caught up in it right now, walking in it right now as we live upon the earth through His Word by the power of the Spirit. It's not going to be any difference. It's going to be the same glory that takes us away. Just step right out of your body, right into that cloud of glory. Just step right on up. We can create that atmosphere right here as we as we make a quality decision to walk in faith and love. Amen. And truth and holiness. We can do it. So really praying with the Holy Ghost, speaking in the Holy Ghost, praying with other tongues is really for self-edification. It'll build you up on your most holy faith. It'll keep you in love with God. You'll speak divine secrets unto God. And also you give thanks well unto the Father when you... I've done that. Sometimes I've got on my knees to take communion before the Lord and have the Lord's Supper. And, and, and I was just more or less lost for words. I'd, I'd look at the elements and I'd say, yeah, the body and the blood of the Lord. Hallelujah. This... Shows forth the Lord's death until he comes. And I'm doing it. I'm showing forth the Lord's death. I'm saying that, Father, I've got a covenant with you. I'm walking in the light of that covenant to the best of my ability. And I expect to grow in it. And I and begin to take it. I say, Father, cleanse me from any step out of faith and love all unrighteousness. And I'm going to partake of this supper right now, this holy supper. Then I'd be lost for words. How do I say thank you, Lord? How do I effectively say thank you? How do I accurately give thanks unto my Father? Paul said in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, that when you give thanks in other tongues, verily you give us thanks well. Then you just lift up your voice under the Father in other tongues and partake of it, and you know that you gave thanks well. And do you realize this, that sometimes, or a lot of times, that if you'll ask the Father, Father, I want interpretation. Oh, it'll just rise up from within you. The interpretation will come, and you begin to just thank Him in English. And I'll tell you what, there's nothing like it. Did you ever do that? Get caught off in the Spirit and all of a sudden let it come out. And and man, you're just, just words of praise and honor and glory unto the Father. Spontaneous praise out of your Spirit. That's how God wants us to worship Him. In Spirit and in truth. So verily, you give us thanks well. If you want to thank your Father well, if you want to speak secrets unto Him well, if you want to stay built up in faith, your most holy faith, if you want to keep yourselves in the love of God, and if you want to edify yourself, charge yourself up, instruct yourself, educate yourself in the Spirit, how do you do it? You begin by praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Number two. Write it down. I'll give you three scriptures concerning it, then we'll we'll talk about it. Number two. Now, that's not... I didn't finish... Talking about the Holy Ghost, we can go on for a long time talking about the Holy Ghost, but we want to begin to bring in some of these other points. Number two, meditate in the Word of God. Meditate in the Word of God. Joshua 1.8. Now, you can look it up if you want to, but if you don't, you don't want to, it's all right. Joshua 1.8 tells us, he told Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then shalt thou have good success. That's one scripture concerning meditation. By day and by night, and keeping the word in your mouth. Number two, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit and season. His leaf also shall not with him whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He shall meditate in the word how often? Day and night. Okay, one other scripture. First Timothy. Turn there with me. This is a scripture that sometimes uh, some people don't know that's even in there about meditation, but it's in there about meditation. Fourth chapter of First Timothy. We'll begin reading over here up at uh, verse 12. Verse 12. Because, you see, it concerns the recreated human spirit. First Timothy 4th chapter and verse 12. Let no man despise your youth. Hallelujah. I was only a baby Christian in the Lord, one year old in the Lord, but filled with the Holy Ghost, led by the Spirit of God, had the unction of God within me. And this other fellow couldn't understand or even realize or begin to know how I knew so much about God's Word. That's not bragging on me or you. That's bragging on the Holy Ghost. Amen? And the Word that's in you. He couldn't understand it. Well, it's very simple. Get filled with the Holy Ghost and let the Holy Ghost teach you. Hallelujah. Well, over here it says, let no man despise your youth. And although I was young in the Lord, hallelujah, it didn't matter if you were 30 years. I found these things out that people that are actually 30, 35 years in the Lord doesn't mean a thing. If their doctrine's wrong, doesn't mean a thing if their thinking is wrong. Doesn't mean a thing if they're not walking in the light of God's Word. Doesn't matter how old they are in the Lord, does it? I found these things out in a hurry. And bless God, i tell you what, we got blessed because of it. So let no man despise you, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity or love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Hallelujah. Someone said, What I meditate upon. Well, what's it say right there? I meditate upon these things. What things? Well, don't let any man despise your youth if you're young in the Lord. Be an example of the believer in word, conversation, charity, and spirit, and in faith and purity. Leg- neglect not the Holy Ghost. Okay, meditate upon these things, give thyself holy. See the very God of peace sanctify you wholly and preserve you in spirit, soul, and body. Now, that's what he's saying right here. Meditate upon these things. And when you meditate, you can give yourself wholly to them. If you don't meditate upon these things, you won't give yourself wholly to them. Because meditation deals with the recreated human spirit. So, for what, Paul? That thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Now, concerning meditation, I believe we need to answer some questions. Number one, concerning meditation. What effect does meditation have on the recreated human spirit? Or I should just say the human spirit. What effect does meditation have on the spirit, the human spirit, spirit of man? Number two, how does one meditate? How does one meditate? And number three, what should we meditate on? Primarily, what should we meditate on? What should we meditate on? Just for a moment, just think about this. When that command was given unto Joshua. The only thing he had to meditate on was the book of the law. When you hand a book of the law into someone's hand, it would have only been about that, how small would it have been? There wasn't much of God's word written way back when. When Joshua came on the scene, he had the law of Moses. And whatever was written in the book of the law is what he was told to meditate on. But you hand the Bible and all that's in God's word to the believer today, And say, meditate on this. I mean, wow. That's what happens to a lot of believers. They say, where am I going to begin? Where do I start? Then they get frustrated and discouraged because there's so much of it to meditate on. See? They say, it's just too much. They can't handle it. Was God unjust and unfair? No. He told Joshua to meditate on this book of the law so that you can do all that's written and you can make your way prosperous and have good success. He's telling you and me to meditate on some certain things which we're going to get into. What should I meditate on? The Bible is a big book and if you approach it like some people do they just look at it and don't know where to begin they don't know what to do and so they get defeated right off the bat. They get confused. They seek out teachers. Sometimes they seek out unwise teachers that teach them wrong things. They could teach about the Bible. They could teach about the Word. But they don't teach you how to act upon the Word. Make the Word effective in your life. The things we should be studying and we should be learning so that we can do what? So we can be an example in Word, conversation, charity, and spirit. I'll be honest with you. Some of the teachings that I teach, some people just look at me like as though I was coming from another planet. I've I've taught in places that people said, I don't know, where do you get these kind of sermons? Where do you get these kind of teachings? Where, where do you get that kind? this thing about the tongue, this thing about the heart, how the kingdom of God works in the heart? They don't even know that it's in the Bible. That's true. Where do you get these teachings? You've got to get them from the Holy Ghost. See, this book wasn't written just so that we could have something good to, to educate our brains with. This book was written so that you and I can contact the author of the Word, which is the Father God, through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why. And if, I, if I'm not getting that across to you, then I'm not doing what God wants me to do. Amen? He wants us to be taught how we can approach Him as Father and receive every good thing from above. And that's what we should be learning. So number two, st- second step in educating, training up, developing the human spirit is meditating in the Word of God. Now, what effect does, God's, th- does meditation have on the human spirit? Well, first of all, let's realize this. The body, we said, contains the five physical senses that that educate the brain. Remember we talked about that in this, this series? The body contains the five physical senses that educate the brain. Now, if we just educate our brain with the Word of God, then we have mental assent. Or we mentally agree to the integrity of the Word of God. That's why in a lot of your denominational churches, uh, we can be taught the Word of God. People can say, yes, I love the Word of God. Yes, God's Word is so. I believe it from Genesis to Revelation. Yes, I believe what the Scriptures say. I know what the Word of God says is true. And, and all their belief is from a mental standpoint. Yes, I believe that with His stripes I was healed. But you don't understand, brother, I'm sick. Well, you see, this is all mental assent. Yes, I believe that God wants me to have prosperity, but I just can't seem to pay my bills. Yes, I believe that God wants me to have a personal relationship with Him, but I just can't seem to pray. Why not? It's all mental assent. We've been taught, you know, in our thinking, in our heads. We've educated our brains of the five physical senses, but because we've not been taught how to get the Word into our spirits, the Word is not a reality. It's not a lie. Mark this down. Meditating the Word of God will build a capacity for faith in our spirit. Meditating God's Word builds a capacity for faith in our spirit. See, the words I speak are spirit, Jesus said, not mental. My words are spiritual, not mental, and they are life. Just learning, you can sit under this ministry... And if all you're going to do is be taught the Word in your thinking, it will not do any good. If you're just going to learn this wonderful Scriptures and learn to believe how we believe, that God doesn't want you sick, that God doesn't want you poor, that God wants the best for you, and just educate your brain with that sort of teaching, you'll walk away and never learn how to appropriate those things if you don't get them inside your heart. That's why some will come and some will go. Some will come. And when they come, they hear about this great wonderful teaching. Hallelujah. Jesus has come to give us life more abundantly. He's made you more than a conqueror, the head not, the tail above and not beneath, and all the blessings are yea and amen. But when they find out it takes diligence, obedience, and reverence, then it's a horse of a different color. Amen? Then it means a little bit of work on my behalf. Well, I don't want this business of work. I don't want to have to be diligent, see. But listen, beloved, you've got to be diligent in the things of God. You've got to be diligent. It's not going to fall out of the sky and just, you know, fall upon us like ripe cherries off a tree. It's not going to do that. You've got to be diligent. You've got to appropriate these things, comprehensive insight into God's ways and purposes. We've got to appropriate them by faith. We've got to build these things into our spirit. So meditating God's Word will build a capacity for faith inside the recreated human spirit. And when it's quickened and made alive within us, then it becomes a reality. You could be more effective in the things of God if you'll meditate one scripture thoroughly than if you were to read ten chapters of the Bible every day. See, that's religion speaking. Those are work. When someone says, "Well, I read ten chapters today," well, what did you get into your spirit? Nothing. Just read it. What did you think about that? I read ten chapters of the Bible. I mean, you felt good, Oh, glory be to ten chapters, Mister Spiritual. You know, what did you do? Just one scripture. Which one? Well, if you must know, John fourteen twelve. I'm still thinking about it. Well, I've got nine chapters in. 99% of another chapter already in. And you only read one scripture today? Yes. John 14, 12. What does it say? Oh, just a little thing. Jesus said that if he that believeth on him shall I do the same works that he did and greater works shall I do because he's going to the Father. And I began to think about that, meditate about that. That Jesus said that, the, that I'll do the works that he did. Then my mouth hung open and my eyes got real big and my heart started to beat fast. And I said, did he mean this? Did Jesus actually mean that I'll do the works that he did and greater works he than he did I'll do? Oh, wow. And I couldn't read another, another verse after that. I got caught up in it. I got lost in it. You see what I'm saying? What good is ten chapters if, if he may have read those first, well, the first four, whatever, ten chapters including chapter John chapter 14 and read right through the same scripture that I read and didn't get much out of it. But man, when you take that one scripture and you begin to think about what Jesus said, and you think, of, you know, think, did he really mean what he said? Did he say what he meant? Did he mean what he said? Is it true? Can I do the works that Jesus did? It makes you do a double take, doesn't it? I'll do the same things. That... And you start to meditate that and think about that. And bless God, the Holy Ghost goes to work and inside you and begins to unveil some things into your spirit. So you see, just reading ten chapters won't do you much good. Unless you're religious. But if you want to be spiritual, meditating the Word of God. Spend the rest of that time meditating that one scripture. It'll cause you to rise up from within. And let your spirit dominate your thinking. Okay, so we see here that this is the effect that meditation has upon the human spirit. It allows the Holy Ghost to build the Word of God within our spirit. It takes the word we've learned in our thinking and drops it down to our spirit. Haven't you often said to yourself or maybe to your mate, Honey, I wonder how much of God's word do we really have in our spirit? We've learned a lot of God's word. We, you know, we've learned a lot of the principles of God's word. We've learned a lot about revelation, knowledge of God's word. But how much of it has become an integral part of our spirit being? How much of it is alive within us? How much of it am I really living in my everyday lifestyle? There's where it counts. For the Word of God is quick and powerful. It's alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. See? And God wants it to be like that within our lives. So meditating God's Word will allow the Spirit of God to build the Word within our spirits. It'll take it beyond our brain, beyond our thinking faculties, beyond mentally assenting to the Word, and it'll cause the Word to become alive within our spirit. Now, let me give you an example as to what Go back to Proverbs chapter 4. What the Spirit of God said to us concerning God's Word and how the Word will become alive to us and life to us and health to us. I'm sure you're familiar with the Scriptures. But I, again, want to emphasize this by bringing out the Scripture to show you that it's more than just reading God's Word. Here in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, your spirit. Keep them there, protect them there. For then they become life unto those. When Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Now notice, there's a difference between his word being spirit and life, period, and his word being spirit and life to me. And in this scripture, it says, My words, they are life unto those that find them. Yes, his words are spirit and they are life, but they're only spirit and life to those that find them. In other words, I want that word to be alive in my spirit. I want that word to be health to my flesh. I want that Word to produce in my spirit, soul, and body. How can I have that happen to me? Here's the formula. My son attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from before your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Then they become life to those that find them. Then they become health and all their flesh. The person that finds the Word, the person that attends to the Word, keeps the Word, protects the Word listens to the Word, sees the Word, keeps the Word before His face, before His eyes, before His thinking. See, that's how it works. And that's more than just reading chapter after chapter. Sometimes I think we put ourselves in some type of bondage, religious bondage, thinking that we've got to go through so many chapters a day to be spiritual. When all we've got to do is just get one Scripture, pull out one Scripture, and you can have a hallelujah party on one Scripture. Just one Scripture. Scripture. I'll show you. I'll give you an example, you know, concerning that. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have the faith of God. Boy, if that doesn't hit you in the head, make you start to think, what does? Jesus said, have the faith of God. Actually, that's a more literal translation. Have the faith of God. Well, I'd stop to think about that, get up in the morning and just say that. Have the faith of God. I have the faith of God. Jesus told me to have the faith of God. And then stop and think about it just for a moment, meditate on it. Well, we know that by the faith of God the worlds were framed. And we know that the, that the light came into being because God said by faith light be. And we know that the world... Was created and that the waters were stayed at their boundaries by the word of faith that God spoke. And we know that man Adam was created by faith in God, God's word of faith, when he spoke and said, Dear Lord, he breathed into him life. And Jesus makes a beautiful statement like, Have the faith of God. And someone says, I've already learned that scripture. Have you? How many worlds have you created? How many trees have you cursed? How many Lazaruses have you raised up from the dead? Glory be to God! See, when I when I read that scripture, Mark 11:22, it just makes me start to go inside. My mechanisms begin to go, and I begin to think that if God said it's possible, and He said all things are possible to him that believeth, then praise God! I'm going to be a believer in that scripture. And think about it the whole day long. Think about that one scripture the whole day long. I have the potential to operate in the same faith that God operated in when He created the universe. Boy, it'll make you to shout. It'll set your feet ablaze. It'll get your wood on fire. Amen? See what meditation does? Same thing with prayer. You know, Sometimes we could make prayer a religious, religious habit instead of being effective. You know, in spiritual praying. Sometimes I, I, I've noticed this, and it depends on the attitude of the human spirit. I've gone back there in that office, and I'd spend three or four hours praying in the spirit before I come to the pulpit. And, you know, you just think about it, and you say, well, and the service didn't, you think that it had been more powerful than what it was. I, it makes you stop and think, and you wonder about it then sometimes I hadn't had that kind of time to spend four hours in praying in the Spirit before I came. And my knees would hit the floor. i put my face on the chair in there, and I'd get down before God. i just start to pray in tongues a little bit, when all of a sudden, like I did this evening, rise up big from within me. A power just hit me on top of the head. In my, just inside my spirit, the unction came forth. I began to pray in the Spirit. And I mean, you had to just put some weights on me to hold my feet down to the ground. And you'd come out there fresh under that anointing and begin to minister under the anointing of the Spirit and the Word would go forth in demonstration of the Spirit power and hearts would be refreshed and the power of God would fall and you'd say, I don't understand this. Well, that's what he said about it. No man understandeth it. I certainly didn't understand it. How can you spend four hours in the Spirit and come out here and it seemed like it was just dry, spend ten minutes and all of a sudden look out, glory be to God, we're having revival tonight. What do you do? Just keep right on doing it. Hallelujah. Four hours or whatever you got, just keep right on doing it. It's not up to you and me, it's up to God. Let God be God. Amen. That's what I say. Let God be God. We don't have to understand it. Just keep on it doing it. My brother wore a shirt when we went in the scene the other day. He had a shirt with a finger up in the air where the guy said, keep on trusting. Just keep on trusting God. Hallelujah. Amen. Just keep on doing it. The truckers say, keep on trucking, but we say, keep on trusting. Amen. Keep on trusting God. Hallelujah. See? There'll be those that'll fall, like I said, to the left, a thousand to one side and ten thousand to the other. But bless God, keep on trusting God and keep on praying in the Holy Ghost and keep on fasting and doing, you know, what, it, reading the Word and meditating the Word, speaking the Word, confessing the Word. Just keep on doing it. Don't give up. Don't waver. Don't get weary. And bless God, soon enough, you're going to reap of the Spirit richly. Hallelujah. So am I. I mean, even richer blessings than what we've experienced in the past because we're in the Spirit and growing in the Spirit, developing in the Spirit. Well, he goes on to say in verse 23, Keep thy heart, protect thy heart with all diligence. See, it takes diligence. It takes diligence. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Oh, bless God that our eyes would be open to see the forces of the recreated human spirit. Oh, if our eyes could only behold the glory of the recreated human spirit. I believe that that this spirit has been so created or recreated by God that if we were to remove this flesh, just like when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration and Elijah and Moses and, and Jesus were transfigured right before the face of the disciples. Peter, James, and John. I believe that we'd begin to see the glory of the recreated human spirit. I believe we'd begin to see the power of the forces of the recreated human spirit recreated after the righteousness of God. After God, that spirit's been recreated. Not after Adam. The first man was a, a, a natural man. But bless God, the second man was a spiritual man from heaven. Jesus, the Lord of glory. The King of glory. And as we have been made partakers of the first man, the Bible says we are also partakers of the second man, the spiritual man, the man of glory. See, what a superman. Boy, if we were just to unveil this hidden man of the heart, oh, our eyes, just like their eyes, would look at the glory, the white glory radiating from His person and presence. Like when He walked upon the waters and He saw the spirit of Jesus walking and alive. They allow, God allowed them to see the recreated, see Jesus in his glory is what he did. Hallelujah. And we'd see the forces of this recreated human spirit. Would to God that we'd catch just a glimpse of it, huh? Amen. I just look out there and just see your lights shining. I can see it out of your eyes, but I mean in a greater dimension. If God would allow by His Spirit, just for us to see one another and see our spirits, you know what? If you saw me standing up here ministering under the anointing, and God allowed you to see the the, the glory that's radiating from my human spirit, the recreated human spirit by the glory of God that's in there, you'd never think negatively of me again, and you'd never not a negative thought. You'd only know me after the Spirit. Well, why do we have to wait till we see it? Can't we do it by faith? The Bible says, "No, no man after the flesh, only after the Spirit." See, and if I'm going to see you like that, that's why, that's why I, I've developed that. I mean, I'm, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I am developing even in a greater depth. I don't see anybody's faults or failures. I see you people sprouting wings. I see you growing in God. I see you victorious. I see you the head not the tail. I see you more than conquerors. I see you bruising Satan beneath your feet, marching on as a mighty army for God. That's how I see you. Because I see you in your recreated human spirit. That's what I say about you all the time. I don't see anybody's false affairs. I don't look at that. We are not to look at that. Amen. But would to God if we can see out of it come the forces of life. And that's what He's saying here. Protect that hidden man of the heart. Protect that recreated human spirit. Because there's where God deals with you. That's where He meets the people's needs is through your spirit. That's where He even... Heals your body If the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you Then he that raised up Christ from the dead Who's he? The Father that raised up Jesus from the dead Will quicken your mortal body By his Spirit that dwelleth inside you Where's it at? Inside you Where's the unction? Inside you Where's the anointing? Inside you Where's the healing power? Inside you Where's the forces of life? Inside you Greater is he that's in you Than he that's in the world Hallelujah In you and in me Than he that's in the world Glory be to God You see what he's saying here? Walk in the Spirit. You'll destroy the works of the flesh. You'll put to naught the works of the flesh by the power of God. It's not a taking away from you. It's an adding to. Did you know that? Remember over there in 1 Peter where it talks about grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord according to His divine power giving us all things that pertain to life and godliness with the knowledge of Him that's us of glory and virtue. And he goes on to say... That we have escaped the corruptions in this world of lust. And he says, "Add, besides all this, add to your faith. Besides all what? Beside the divine nature that's been imparted to your recreated human spirit. Besides this, add to your faith. It's an adding to. It's not a taking away. Add to you, yourself, to your spirit, faith. Add to your faith, virtue, love, also, virtue, excellence. That's moral excellence. Diligence, patience, all that. You add all that to you, and as you add that and build upon that, then the works of the flesh, you're not taking anything away, they're being mortified, destroyed, annihilated, because of the glory that's emanating out of your spirit. See? It's not a thou shalt not and don't do this and thou shalt not and don't do that. It's a do this and do this and do this and pray in the Spirit. Meditate the Word. Confess God's Word. Speak the Word. Think the Word. Talk the Word. Rejoice in the Word. Praise God. And as you do that, something from within rises up and puts to naught the things of the flesh. They don't even appeal to you anymore. Hallelujah. It's not a taking away process. It's an adding to process. It's a building process. Not a destroying process. Hallelujah. Amen. Well... Here's how we do it. Verse 24. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips, but far from thee. Here he's telling us something about this human spirit. It can be protected by putting away a forward mouth and perverse lips. See, our words have something to do. And that's where we're going to get into number two. How do I meditate? How do I meditate? Well, I know a lot of people have asked that question. How do I meditate? How do I meditate? Well, meditate means to murmur, to mutter, to murmur or to mutter. And if, if you learn to murmur and to mutter the Word of God, you'll learn to meditate. To roll these things in your mind, to think about these things. You meditate about the things you're going to do during the course of a day. A lot of people have, and write this down, this is a bad thing to do. A lot of people have a bad habit of meditating the problem. Now, if you've ever been in an area where you said, I've been thinking about this all day long, talking about it, thinking about it, discussing it with your wife or whatever, that's what meditating is. Write this down. Don't meditate the problem, meditate the solution. Okay? If you've ever been there where you've really had a problem and you've been faced with a problem, a situation in your life, and you've done nothing but talk about it and think about it, it's dominated your thinking. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you may be on a job, and all of a sudden you, you came back into, you know, this realm, and you said, wow, about ten minutes I was thinking about this thing. It was just, you know, my, my mind was in that direction. That's meditating. So you're getting caught up, maybe, in the, the problem, whatever the thing was. How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to handle this? And it's very, it's common. It's natural to meditate on problems, if you think about it. It's a common thing. You know, I've got to work this thing out. How am I going to deal with this situation? And you, you, you think about it. You meditate on it. And you begin to develop some ideas in your thinking. Well, God wants us to stop meditating the problem, meditate the word, meditate the solution, the answer to the problem, by doing the same thing. Let it control your thinking. Let it dominate your thinking by speaking it saying it, rolling it around in your mind, weighing it out in your spirit, keep on thinking it over and over and over. I'll give you some examples of meditating God's Word. Look at chapter 46 of the book of Psalms. I often wondered what that word meant. I I looked it up for my own self-satisfaction. But when I read it before, I had a Strong's Concordance. I didn't know what Selah meant. Did you ever read through the book of Psalms and and see the word Selah? And just go over it, you know. Well, before I got my strongest concordance so I can become a Hebrew scholar, see. Amen. I didn't know what it meant, so I just said, well, i was Selah, praise God. Well, I found out that the word Selah meant stop and think about it. Meditate on it, ponder over it, and then I became blessed. So I took a scripture such as this scripture right here. Verse Chapter 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. Selah. And I looked at that and I didn't know what he was talking about. But then I found out what he was talking about. I said, yeah. Stop and think about it. Why did the psalmist want me to stop and think about that scripture? Why? Well, if you stop and think about that scripture, what this fellow is actually inferring to you and me, that he is so developed in faith that even if somebody were to come and remove the earth from beneath him, he wouldn't fear. Boy, that's something to think about. That's something to meditate on. God is His refuge and strength, and though somebody were to come and remove the earth from beneath Him, He wouldn't fear. Oh, that's a lot of faith. You think about that. God would actually be His refuge, His fortress, His strength, and protect Him even if somebody removed the earth from beneath Him. So I began to ponder and think about that. Boy, that'll do something to your faith, won't it? That if God can protect me, if God can protect you, if God can deliver you from something such as this, what's that little thing that you've been thinking about where the problem lies? What's that little thing the devil tried to put a little attack on your child? What's that little thing compared to somebody removing the earth from beneath your family? And though the waters roared, and though though the mountains were carried to the midst of the sea, though the world was at chaos... Falling apart from before you. He says, I wouldn't even fear. I've come to a place in my walk, the psalmist was saying, that bless God, I won't fear even if the world was caving in. That's something to think about, isn't it? Well, look at another one. Psalm 1. Oh, you can find this word Selah in the Psalms and just have a picnic. Psalm 1. I'm sorry, Psalm 3, Psalm 3, verse 1. See, how am I to meditate? I take these scriptures where it says meditate, some of them, and I look at them, and I begin to develop an image, and I begin to ponder in my thinking, what is this inferring? What is this actually saying? How does it relate to me? And I begin to say, it. I begin to speak it into my heart. You know, the Bible says that a man's belly shall be satisfied with the words of his mouth by the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips, so shall he be filled. A man's belly is his what? Spirit shall be filled with the words of his... Then the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, be being filled with the... A man's belly shall be filled with the... Be being filled with the Spirit. A man's belly shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth, By the fruit, with the increase of his lips, so shall he be filled. Speaking. See, that's why Proverbs says that you've got to keep uh, forward mountain perversives far from you. Because of the fact that the words you speak will have an effect upon your human spirit. This psalmist said something that blessed my heart right here. I love it. I begin to wait out in my thinking and meditate it. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Oh, when you begin to live for God, when you begin to step out of the boat and get into the realm of faith, you're going to have people increasing in number that are against your type of faith. When you start to go God's system, you're going to have everybody that's that's living by the world system come against you. When you start saying, glory to God, I believe that God healed my child, they're going to want to get you to a hospital faster than you can shake a stick. They'll come around you, start speaking negatively, and, and I mean, they'll increase and increase. What are they going to say when they come? Well... Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul there is no help in uh, there is no help for him in God. See I thought about that. And I said that's exactly what they say to me. They say, Well you're just a, a fool to think that God can actually heal a child after she fell ten and a half feet and she splattered on the ground. You're a fool to think that God there's no help for him in God. How in the world God gonna heal something like that? You better go to a doctor or to a hospital. I'm not tell anybody to do anything different. What you to do with your life? But that's what he's saying. Here's a time that I need God. Here's a time of desperation. I need, I need God to put this body back together. That's my child. I need God to work on my behalf. Everybody rise up around you. Beloved, if you're a saint, you're walking in the power of God, you love God, you love your brother and sister, please be positive in their time of need. Speak the word to them. Speak the Word of God to them concerning their situation. Stand behind them with the Word of God. And I thank God that I had the Word hidden inside my heart. And we could speak God's Word concerning that matter. And you see here, He says, but the other people will rise up around you and say, 'There's there's no help for Him in God. There's no help for you in God. You better get help elsewhere. But look at... He said, think about that. So think about that first part for about a... You know, four hours. Think about what that's saying. That those that rise up against you and say there's no help for you in God. Meditate on that. He said meditate. Look at the next two verses. But thou, but. Yeah, those that rise up against me say that. But. And he, he said but for himself. You can only... This is personal between you and God. He said but. They tell me there's no help for me in God. They have increased in number that tell me there's no help in God. Even some of those that were my friends, my kinfolk, those that love me so-called love me, said there's no help for me in God, but he said, thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. The glory, my glory, and the lifter of my head, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill. Selah. Think about that. Amen. That's what he's telling them folks. Think about that. You say there's no help for me in God, but friend, I call upon Him. I cried unto the Lord with my voice. He was the glory and the lifter of my head and blessed God. He heard me out of His holy hill and He answered my prayer. Think about that. And He goes on to say in verse 5. I laid me down to sleep. Oh, hallelujah. You want to get some rest? You want to get some sleep? You want to rest at night? That's what He's saying right here. Although they rose up against me. And they told me that there's nobody, no help for me in God. I knew that He was a shield for me. I knew He was the glory lifter of my head. I knew when I call upon Him, He'd hear me. I laid me down to sleep. I awaked. For the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people they ha- that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me. O my God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. The, thy blessing is upon thy people. You think about that one, Selah. That's what he's saying here. I'll tell you what, you could, you could meditate on that for about a month. And oh, the Spirit of God would reveal to you some rich, deep treasures. Hallelujah. You'll hit some gold veins. Bless God. You'll get deep into the heart of the earth and pull out them big, big chunks of gold, not just the nuggets. Amen. I'm talking about rich treasures of God. I'm talking about seeing how this God will do that for you. And yes, there may, it's sometimes when you get out of the boat like Peter did and you get walking in faith, it seems like there's 10,000 people that's all against you and you're out there by yourself. And you say, well, if it's, it's just between me and you, God, that means that no one else seems to care. Well, I mean nobody knew when I was hurting. Nobody knew when she was lying there, what I felt like. I mean they may have thought of what they they did, but they didn't. The only two people that knew what we felt like was my wife and myself. Amen. And the only one that knows what you feel like is you and God. You can walk be walking out there, you could be hurting right now out there. I mean you could be hurting unless God revealed it to me, I wouldn't know. Sometimes in intercessory prayer, God will actually give you the symptoms of what they're. See, Jesus is touched with the feeling of your infirmity, and when you get in contact with Him, He may re- He may do that. You know, He may reveal that under your spirit, and you may take upon the same burden that you know that person other person has. But if He doesn't do that, I don't know what's going on in your thinking, in your heart, and your believing in your body, what you feel like. And seemingly. it may seem as though people don't care. It may seem as though that, that here you're having all this difficulty. You may even be contemplating suicide like someone did at school when I was at school. He did kill himself. You know why? Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me,